Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Home to all the jaw-dropping moments. Home to all the best plays in the league. Home to your favorite players from the cities you love. MLB.tv is the home of streaming baseball. Home or away, catch all the MLB action this season with live and on-demand content across all your devices. Enjoy MLB Big Inning, select pregame and postgame coverage, and an expanded library of highlights and content. Never miss a moment of the action with MLB.tv. Stream every game from every team all season long with MLB.tv. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, you want an honest conversation from a Red Sox player? Here you go, Rick Porcello. He's the guy to give it to you. Brad show. he makes the first appearance since the Twin Peaks podcast in spring training. You always look forward to that, and you're going to want to look forward to this one. It's a good appearance by Rick Porcello. Also, go to iTunes, subscribe, and review. Let me repeat that. Subscribe and review. Brad show. we're red hot, we're doing things, we're continuing to roll out the quality content that you want. This is the latest example. Rick Porcello, enjoy. Because we're just kicking back, talking, talking some sports, talking some ball, we default back to spring training where we just sit around and have one of the best guests of the podcast, which is Rick Porcello. So Rick, Rick has swung on by. Rick, how are you? Doing good. Well, you just wake up. What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? Been a long year. I- <laughs> <laughs> Well, but you should. I mean, after last night, it's one of these things where you can't sleep at night. I mean, you're probably so excited. It's here we go, the crunch, tr- crunch time, stretch drive. I'm pitching well. I feel good about myself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that, that's it. All right. Well, first of all, Rick, Rick Porcello of the Boston Red Sox is joining. Uh, I'm Rob Bradford, and Rick, first, thanks for coming down. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to see your smiling face. Congratulations on last night. Thank you. And congratulations on 2,000 innings. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, see, now we're, getting, now we're going. Now we're getting the vibe back. You haven't asked me a question yet. I know. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, to, get your, I'm trying to get you going here. I felt like... I don't want to take, take your thunder away. This, no, is your, this is your podcast. No, no. Listen, listen you, you have already defined, because we have audio of it somewhere in the archives, of you saying, I believe it was winter weekend, that I am the best interviewer. I have the best podcast. Correct? Yeah. I got the $20 bill that you gave I, me to say that. Are you standing by that? No? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. 2,000 innings, Rick. 
2,000 innings. So you knew that was coming, first of all. I, I'm sure you're not counting down the innings, but you probably knew it was coming, right? Uh, yeah, I knew I was getting relatively close. Mm. But you, So when that inning comes around, you're not like, hey, why are you throwing this baseball at me in the dugout? Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. They were screaming at me, and I had thrown out like, four or five balls before that Joe West was behind the plate and every time there's a ball put in play it makes you throw it out so (laughs) I threw out four or five balls I think I got like four or five outs consecutively and I thought they were just being superstitious and wanted me to throw that one out (laughs) to try and keep it rolling as best we could but yeah no I didn't uh I didn't pick up on it immediately. What do you do with it? What do you end up doing with it? Uh, Tommy got it authenticated and gave oh, it to me. Oh, there you go. Because we didn't, yeah, we so didn't believe it was real. It's like authenticated. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, yeah, this is the 2010 in the ball. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the other day, the other day uh, Tom Brady was on with us. You ever heard of Tom Brady? Yeah. Tom yeah. Brady, the quarterback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad because yeah, so. I didn't want to throw a name out there that you didn't know. Yeah. He was on the, our morning show, the Greg Hill Show. And they said, uh, of all the passes, what was your favorite pass? What was the pass that you remember? So uh, because uh, we are a symbiotic at this radio station, give me your three favorite innings of the 2000. <laughs> mm. Give me one favorite inning of the 2000. Give me one. And it cannot be, uh, it can't be like the World Series. Yeah. Give me one favorite inning of the 2000. Mm. 2016. Uh I had an inning in Tampa. I think I had the bases loaded, nobody out. And I remember getting out of that inning. Uh, had a couple punch outs and a pop up. And it was just, <clears throat> we had scored, and, and Tampa was, they had scored a couple off me earlier, and they were threatening to come back. And um, I was able to get three outs. And I remember just literally just pumping myself up to basically throw the ball as hard as I could and it was one of the first times and only times in my career where I like overmatched hitters by blowing it by them and it was just kind of one of those things where it was more will than anything else and uh that was just an inning that I liked and you know ended up winning the game but uh that was one of them. Sorry for for being so boring. Right now, it's not. To, it's actually. Uh, I was going to compliment you, and yeah. and I'm not. I'm not one to compliment lightly. I mean, it's 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 to pluck an inning like that out of to get that question would have been very easy for you to say, eh, you know, like when <laughs> I struck out like in the postseason last year, you know, whatever. But that was that's pretty good. Yeah. That's like that's Brady esque. I don't even remember what Brady's answer was, but it was along those lines. It was you know hitting Gronk down the seam of game you know eight of the two thousand four season or something like that. Yeah. So that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that and then uh, two innings. One of which I didn't complete. My, the first time I ever went back out for the ninth was against uh, the White Sox. And I <clears throat> pitched for Jim Leland, and I was young. I, I was on a pretty strict pitch count, so very rarely did he let me throw 105, 110 pitches or extend me in a game. Um, and that was that one opportunity where he let me go back out there for the ninth. And I <laughs> just remember thinking in my head, like, let's go. Don't screw this up. Prove to him that you can do it. And the crowd, it was like a standing ovation while I'm throwing my warm-up pitches, and I just got so fired up and completely out of my game plan. I gave up three hits in a row or two hits in a row, and I was gone. I didn't record it out, but it was it was that experience of going out there for the first time and, and feeling that kind of energy that late in a ball game that I'd never experienced before. And then the next time I faced uh, Chicago in Chicago, I ended up 
throwing a complete game or it was what I don't know if it was the exact next start, but it was you know one of those games after that against the same team and uh, went out there and got it done and that was probably my you know third favorite inning was being able to you know respond to what I had felt the time before in that situation and then overcome it and kind of get over that hurdle to to finally finish a ball game. All right, now we've gotten three. I need 1,997 more, okay? Uh, by the way, Justin Long, the expert media relations man, just passed me this. Rick is one of four active pitchers to reach 2,000 innings at the age of 30 or younger. Can you name the other three, Rick? John Lester? Wrong. Okay. So, Why don't so you just tell Kershaw, me then? Kershaw, <laughs> Sabathia, Felix Hernandez. Right. So there you go. That's a pretty good list. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a great list. Thank and I'll you. tell you what, none of them have been on the Bradfoe show, so you got that going for you exactly. as well. Well, so what is the inning to, to, to spin it to this year? We talk about the innings that you threw this year, and we've talked all up and down about the adjustments that you made, and you've talked about it yourself, about it's been, it's been a difficult year because it's been a roller coaster trying to figure things out. Give me the inning that, or the time that you remember saying, that's it, like, that is that I feel like that is it, and I understand it's hard sometimes you can find it and then it leaves the next inning. But do you remember this time where you actually felt that way? Yeah, I, I felt that way uh, early on in the season. I had a start against Oakland, and everything I was throwing was working. I had good two seamer, good slider going, and pretty much from the first inning on, I threw a front door. Uh, cutter to Matt Chapman punched him out and that pitch clicked and it was like you know from that inning on I, I had it going that game and, and knew I had it going and, and was able to, to keep that flowing but you know a lot of these games you <clears throat> like you said it, it you feel good for for a couple of couple of innings and then you get a little bit out of whack and and there's so many aggressive hitters so many guys that have the ability to do damage now when you get when you get out of whack a little bit and you leave a couple pitches over the middle of the plate you pay for it with interest and um, so, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough year. I've I've stunk flat out, just haven't been able to get it done. But in each and every one of those games, I've felt good at times, and then it and it leaves you. And that's kind of what makes it so frustrating and, and really difficult to to get on the right track because there's there's nothing wrong with me physically. It's just about being able to be consistent and get out of those situations when you're in them. So you you have cited a lot of times where. You know, in your career, you've had to figure things out. And you go back a couple years ago, before your Cy Young year, you had a rough year, and, and you were at the end of the year, you were able to figure things out and sort of get going again. Compare that to this, because you had mentioned the way that baseball is right now and the approaches. So not only do you have to figure out sort of what you're doing and your mechanics and everything else, but while you're figuring this out, Baseball has changed. Like hitters has cha- have changed. Yeah, I mean, that that might, is that a dynamic that's different this time around compared to any other time in your career where you've had to adjust. Uh, no, because <clears throat> each time it's it's been, you know, pretty much the same thing. It's been, you know, whether it's a mechanical issue where you're out of whack or the hitters are adjusting and their approach is changing. You know, in 2015, I struggled with the balance of throwing my two-seamer and my four-seamer and finding the right times to, to use both of them. And I would get too four-seam happy or I would use too much of the, the two-seamer and, you know, get exposed. Or, they, you know, one pitch wasn't sharp and the other one was working or whatever it was. Uh, just lacked the consistency and the 
the knowledge basically of when to use them and how to use them because the hitters had evolved and there's a lot of guys that were starting with the up uphill swings and hitting the ball down well um <clears throat> and it took me a while to learn how to be able to use that combination the very next year I kind of figured it out and used it to my advantage and this is similar you know this is the approach of hitters are a little bit different they're trying to score off you they're trying to score off you from the first batter of the game you know some of the best lineups you're seeing you've got guys that are home run hitters George Springer even LeMay who's got a bunch for the Yankees so <clears throat> these guys are trying to do damage from the first pitch on and, and that's where you know I think I've failed at times to to understand that throughout the entire game how aggressive they're trying to be and be able to counter that with effective pitches whether it's fastballs you know placed outside the strike zone or breaking balls or you know guys are they're trying to get off on the fastball early so execute good quality off speed stuff early in the count and you should be okay and that's the part where I've either failed to execute them or um I've been too fastball heavy trying to get ahead and attack guys and have paid for it. So to me, it's it's the same. The game is always evolving. It's always changing. And you have to constantly make adjustments and, and change with it if you want to survive. And that's something that I got to do. And I know I have to do it. And, you know, this this season is a huge wake-up call to, to the fact that I need to, to rethink how I'm attacking hitters and, and where I'm putting the baseball and, and – make some adjustments on that even more of a wake-up call than even you realize at the beginning of the year like it, it has the wake-up call well, it's, it's louder, been, louder and louder as i don't the know if you've been on. watching all year but it's been pretty much a grind the entire season oh, <laughs> but i mean but no, you know early on i didn't i didn't feel great physically and i was struggling to to command the ball and that was the focus and that was the issue now it's you know i'm commanding the ball i'm throwing strikes and i'm i'm I can put it where I want to now, but it's, you know, for the most part, I can put it where I want to, but it's it's uh, using the right mix and attacking hitters the right way. You know, a lot of good fastball hitters, a lot of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark and understanding, you know, attacking guys now maybe not isn't doesn't mean attack with the fastball. It means attack with all of your stuff and use, you know, a bigger pitch mix. I mean, I, I went from being a 80-something percent fastball guy the first you know, six years of my career to now I'm looking at, you know, almost throwing 35, 40% fastballs. It's, it's a huge adjustment to what you've been trained to do your entire career. And, and it's, uh, it's definitely taken me a lot longer to, to figure out than I would like. And that part of it really, really sucks, but, uh, it's where you are and, and you got to learn from it. Well, you said that you weren't feeling right physically at the beginning of the year. And I don't want to, you to violate any HIPAA laws or anything like that, but it was it something where, you know, when you aren't feeling right, whatever it was, and you're trying to, the team starts off slow, and you are in a contract year, and all of it, I mean, is that, are you trying to over-adjust Am I thinking too much through this, or? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think the problem is not adjusting properly and not adjusting enough. Um, so I don't think it was an over adjustment. I, I think I've failed to make the right adjustments and, and enough of them. When did the physical thing go away? When did you feel oh, just? Let me, when you know, did you physically feel better? I guess is a way to phrase that. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks into the season, it started started to come around, and it wasn't anything where it was like structural problems or whatever. It was just you know <laughs> pitched a lot, mm -hmm. and um, those are the ebbs and flows that you go through as a starting pitcher, especially somebody. Who, you know, you try and take the ball every fifth day and, and don't 
don't go on the IL, don't take those those weeks off. You're going to have some physical ups and downs where you're just not feeling great sometimes, and then other times you're feeling amazing. So that's that's all that was, and um, you know. You just got to work through it. But that's the thing is that that was a big conversation beginning the year. Of you guys had pitched a ton. You had pitched a ton throughout your career, but you pitched a ton the previous year. The approach in spring training, and then when the starters get off to a, a slow start, it's like, aren't were they doing it the right way? But you could even even with the I guess the slow ramp up to the season, you could still feel it from the previous year, having pitched that deep in the season. Yeah, it's. Uh yeah there's definitely that effect um you know you don't you don't necessarily carry it around with you when you're walking every day but when you get out there and you get into the game there's there was a little bit there but uh you know (laughs) plenty of guys have have been able to bounce back from from world series and still you know be very effective from first pitch of the season all the way through you know you look at the guys from the astros the guys from the dodgers those guys been pitching deep into the deep in the playoffs for a couple of years now and they keep on rolling so it's no excuse um but everyone's different i mean this is i don't yeah. know i'm not no, I'm just, no scientist but i know everyone's different yeah <laughs> you know everyone is and um it's another adjustment that you got to learn how to deal with you pitch that deep into the year you got to figure out a way to get yourself ready to go from from day one on and and not uh you know i don't want to say give away starts or anything like that but be as sharp as you can from from the would get-go. You, would you guys have done it? Would you have done anything different, amping up to this season or even the off season, having gone through it? Because you had never gone through a World Series run before. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that that's something that probably kind of sit down and look at at the end of the season and, and figure out what you know you could do differently or improve. I mean, I think for me, it's it was more you know understanding like mentally getting back into that that battle and and right back into the middle of the fire um it's not that there's a lack of you know competitiveness or things like that but it's just how locked in and how zoned in you have to be at the big league level in competition to get major league hitters out consistently um i think maybe i could have been better at that earlier on i don't i don't know you know again it's it's hard to complete, entirely put your finger on why, you know, I wasn't throwing the ball well early and, and have struggled this entire year. I know that there's adjustments I got to make and I'm constantly looking at areas to, to improve upon. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Uh, after you win another World Series. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, but Rick Porcello, and before you go, I do want to, in the great game of baseball, you had mentioned some of the changes. And I remember having a conversation with you about, you know, it was just like, you know, hey, everyone wants to shave nine minutes off here, do this or do that. And I think one of the things that you had said was, listen, either you kind of like baseball. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm paraphrasing. Either you like baseball or you don't, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so much of this year we've heard, I think, more than ever of you have to do this to baseball. You have to do that for baseball. From your perspective, like what has to be done, if anything? And what what has to be prioritized if you if you are going to change anything, or maybe you think that it doesn't like you said, either you like it or you don't. Yeah, I, I think that that's a lot of it. Honestly, I think it's it's a you know it, it's a, it's a great game, but it's not for everyone. And you can appeal to as many people as you want, and you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. And um, you know, for me, I I, I just. 
I hope that we stay away from touching the game as far as the, the fabric of the game is concerned and, and things like that because it's it's an imperfect game to begin with. And when you try and make it perfect, then you start to see problems. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot that really needs to be changed. I think uh, baseball goes through cycles just like every other sport. And, you know, at times you see dominant pitching for a couple of years on end, and then at times you see dominant hitting or you see dominant base running or you know things like that so it's just uh it's a constant cycle um i certainly do hope that we do figure something out with starting pitching and, and um it's a huge part of the game it's a great part of the game and uh you know we need to find a way to be able to get guys to to stay healthy and go deep into ball games because that's that helps with what we're talking about if we're talking about pace then not changing seven, eight pitchers in a game is, is a huge part of that. You know how many position players have pitched this year? <laughs> I don't know, but I've seen a lot of them do pretty well. I think Fif- I'm going to start no, throwing no, 55 no, well, miles that's, an hour. That, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as, as someone who throws a 55-mile-an-hour straight ball, I can tell you it doesn't work in the major leagues and not in the media game either. But it's uh, 51 position players. Yeah. Ten years ago, it was nine. Yeah. Nine. That's nuts. I mean, yeah. but that speaks to, like, how many relievers are being carted out there and – and yeah, so anyway, yeah. Um, so I know that you got to get going, and uh, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that um, that you uh, make a, a a four straight appearance in the Twin Peaks uh, podcast <laughs> next spring. I appreciate spring. it. I'm hoping that as well. Okay, what's what's your what? what you optimistic about that? <laughs> I have no idea, have no- man. I'm just trying to figure out when I'm pitching again and go out there and try and win. <laughs> well, if nothing else, if nothing else, there's free chicken wings and beer in line for you. And as you uh, know, having done the podcast a few times, the we always finish it off with every interview with you have to ask me a question. Yeah. Um, and 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 so far, yeah. Well, so so I guess ahead. you know because we're kind of on that topic, and give me your shortest uh, opinion on what you think. You know, if anything needs to to go down with you baseball. aren't gonna like you aren't gonna like what I say. Yeah, well, I like the, I want the pitch clock. I want the pitch clock. Look at you. Like, I don't. I don't care. I don't care about the pitch clock. A lot of other guys do. Yeah. Um, I like working quick. I think it's an advantage for me. I think it's an advantage for position players behind us. You know, they're not sitting back on on their heels because guys taking forty five seconds in between pitches. But, you know, you talk to guys that are closing ball games out or high-leverage situations, and, you know, one, they don't want to be penalized because they take an extra two seconds to walk around the mound and think about, you know, where they're going to execute the next pitch. And two, those are the biggest points in the game, and you want them to hurry up and throw the ball within 10 seconds. That's, you know, that's kind of Could you do it up until, like, the sixth inning, maybe, or something? Yeah, you could, but it's not going to change that much I'm try- I'm, you know I'm if you ta- if you talk at the, the pitch clock and and collectively add up all the seconds you're going to save how many minutes does that I'm come talking, up to no i'm talking about the pace of the game i'm not yeah. and i hear you like i'm always been like shaving nine minutes off i don't care about that i don't see any problem with them opening up the strike zone so there's less foul balls well that's you another know? thing i mean the zone is uh it, it's get it on the plate you know there's not a whole lot to to the edges and, and things like that and on any given night it can it can change, so yeah, there are some like even some of the rules they've tried implementing. Like they're fraudulent because I was watching when the Angels came in and they have the mound visit clock, and the mound visit clock runs out, and then the umpire walks out, and then he stands there for another ten seconds. Yeah, it's like what are we doing here? What's going on? It's the process, Brad. Phil. you either like it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, part of the process is is 
to have you on at least twice a year. So uh, <laughs> I, appreciate I, pre- I appreciate it, Ricky. Once again, congratulations on the milestone. It was, it was a pretty cool thing, and, and congratulations on the last night. And, uh, and uh, we'll see you on November 2nd. All right. All right. Sounds good. There Thanks for go. having me. All right. That's Rick Porcello here in Bradford. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Now you can enjoy MLB Play, the one app with all your favorite free MLB games. Enjoy Beat the Streak, Quick Pick, and more. Enjoy competing against friends. Enjoy unlocking exclusive rewards. Plus, your chance to win $5.6 million. Download MLB Play. Enjoy the app. Enjoy the show. MLB Play. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older to enter Beat the Streak, which ends at the conclusion of the MLB regular season or when the grand prize is won. Restriction supply. See MLB.com forward slash play for official rules. In 1970, a 28-year-old recent law school graduate became the most wanted woman in America. She's also my mother. I'm Zaid Ayers-Dorn, host of the new podcast, Mother Country Radicals. When I was growing up, my parents were on the run from the FBI, at war with the U.S. government. From Crooked Media and Odyssey, Mother Country Radicals, a family history of the weather underground. Listen to the entire first season of Mother Country Radicals right now, here on Odyssey. Odyssey.